Blue Wire. Hello, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. And we have a lot to talk about today. Super Bowl previewing, or at least the beginning of one, a little bit of NBA. A fangirl says who's hot, who's not. But first and foremost, Stephanie McCarroll, how about them Niners? <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it, you know, it was a great game. I know there was a lot of buildup to the Green Bay 49ers game. Um, there were a lot of people, including some major national media, saying that, you know, Aaron Rodgers was going to get back at the 49ers for not drafting him 15 years ago. And there, there was just a lot of talk and hype about it. So to see the 49ers kind of come out and really just play their game and not get caught up in all that minutia, but rather just play 49er football, um, and they did, and they, they did it really well. Um, it was, it, I'm excited for the 49ers and their fans. They basically, they, you know, the fans have been through so much. I think they completely deserve um, this. And it really goes to show the job that in three years, what Kyle Shanahan has done with the team and also, you know, John Lynch, you know, they work as a team and you can really see it from the top down. You, you know, you see, you know, just everybody, Kittle, you know, deciding he's not going to be the ball hog this week. He's going to block for Mostert. So you can really see the overall culture change. And I think that's really impressive. Absolutely. And I wrote about it over the weekend, how uh, this team is all for one and one for all. And whoever needs to step up will step up. And we talked a little bit about Witherspoon when he was replaced by Emmanuel Mosley, um, Akello going to Richard Hightower and saying, give me all the special team reps. And you just, you see it with this team. And, you know, with Kittle, he's such a good person to to point to because obviously he's an elite tight end, but he is an elite blocker. So he's a very complete tight end. It's not just his route running or his yards after the catch or anything. He And he loves to block. He loves the run game. He said after the game the other day, I would have loved if we ran it 50 times. And they ran it 42, 45, including the kneel down. Right. So that was important to him that that was, um, that that was uh, uh, counted. But it's really, really been uh, an amazing turnaround for this team and really in a short amount of time. John Lynch was named by the Pro Football Writers of America last week as the 2019 NFL Executive of the Year, and that could not be more deserving. Uh, they have done an incredible job, and it's just it's it's amazing to see this locker room without ego, uh, and it sounds, I think, very trite, and it sounds cliche, but it's also – very true. I mean, that's just what is going on, and that is why they win. And you look at another, of course, example, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, who threw eight passes the other day because uh, they didn't need him to throw more. And he said last week on Wednesday, because obviously they had rushed uh, for 40, 47 times uh, in the divisional round game, and he said, I just need us to win. Like, as long as we win, that's what I care about. And I don't necessarily agree that, oh, he threw an interception against the Vikings and Kyle Shanahan never wanted him to throw again. I just think they are a run-first offense, and 
they're going with what works. And when you're dominating a game with what works, then stick with what works. And I think that's what's happening. Now, of course, in the Super Bowl, I think Jimmy's going to have to throw more, and we can talk more about that. Um, but it's just been a very cool thing to see with this team. And then something I wanted to bring up, and I know that you agree, is I think kudos really has to go to Jed York, who is, of course, the owner, CEO of the 49ers. It's People make mistakes. It happens to everybody. But it's, to me, a rare person that can say, I made a mistake, I've made a few mistakes, but I'm going to rectify it and make a change. And I think we see in many other ownership groups throughout sports that does not happen. And I give him a lot of credit because it's not an easy thing to do. And he really did make changes, and it has paid off. And stuck by Lynch and Shanahan. I'm sure those first two years were not easy, but of course they have their six-year contracts and they have them for a reason. But things change in that building, and I give him a lot of credit because it's not easy for most people to do that. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I mean, I mean, what we witnessed um, after the Harbaugh, you know, age, it was like, you know, how it was a stunning collapse of like, a, you know, a great organization, you know, one of the top organizations that went to the NFC championship three years in a row to just, you know, last to second last, you know, like it was just, we were always hovering above that or, you know, right there between the last teams. And, um, but I think we, we interviewed um, Bob Lang a few, I think a year or two ago. And, you know, he, ago, yeah. and he was saying to us when they were making this change about faithful then and faithful now is that Jed York, you know, really acknowledged that he had made mistakes and that he wanted to rectify that. And he really wanted to pull the fans in with him. And it wasn't like so much a PR stunt as much as it was like an honest, like, hey, I've made mistakes, but I am trying to rectify this. And, you know, he stepped back where he needed to step back and he let the football guys handle the football thing. So um, definitely kudos. Um, I I totally think that Jed York is on the right track. I know he took some um, time with his uncle to see what he needed to do. And, um, you know, you have to definitely give credit where it's due. And he's done a great job, not only, you know, with the personnel changes from, you know, the top brass, but just, you know, letting go a little bit. So I am very appreciative of that. Yeah, I think I think I think all 49ers fans are because they're going to Miami, baby. So it's uh, it's really really exciting, and of course they will be facing Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who have opened so far as one and a half point favorites over the 49ers, and I think that that is all about uh, Mahomes right there. But they had a great game on Sunday. Um, unfortunately, I, I did not get to watch it because I was uh, covering. Uh, the 49er game and all of the pregame that uh, stuff stuff is probably not the right word, but you guys, I'm really tired and it's been a big week already. Um, <laughs> but all the pregame stuff that goes along with that pregame, how about activities that go along with that? Uh, so, but they had a great game. Patrick Mahomes again showing just the genius that is Patrick Mahomes. But I think this is going to be a really, really Good game. But before we get into it, of course, they they finished off the Titans, who had been a little bit of the darlings of the AFC playoffs when they um, defeated the Patriots and then the Ravens. But the Chiefs were just too much for them. 
Yeah, and they started out really well. It was, uh, you know, they were up definitely, and I, I was like, no way they pulled this off. You know, when I was watching it, I was like, wow, because their defense was like hitting. But it's really hard to keep Patrick Mahomes down. You know, it's like there's, he's just magical, and you never know where he's going to go, and he has so many weapons um, to oh, go to. Weapon. And, you know, it's just on offense, like, you don't, it's really hard to defend. So I'll give it to Tennessee for, you know, starting out strong, but they're nowhere the caliber of team, you know, um, you know, with Tannehill and their offense and that, and of course you have Henry, but they were able to stop the run. Once that happened, it was, uh, you know, it kind of was over for them, you know, and I, and I'm really happy for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what a kid, you know, and what a, like, start to his career and, you know, the third year of his, you know, NFL, you know, he's in the Super Bowl. It's just really exciting for him. So I'm definitely excited for him um, and the team in general. I know Andy Reid is, um, you know, one of the best coaches out there. I, You know, I think this is going to be a great matchup. I think the best two teams did make it. And, um, you know, I – I'm excited. I'm I'm totally stoked for two weeks to go to see them. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be awesome. So before we get into to a maybe a minor preview of the Super Bowl, Steph and I are gonna do uh, more of a preview for you guys next week. I will be in Miami, so it will be coming to you from Miami, Florida. Before we get into that, I to mention that here at Fangirl Sports Network, obviously you guys know we cover the NFL. We also cover the NBA. We have an NBA fangirl uh, for every team. You could find her by Team FGSN. Steph is our Warriors fangirl, so it's at Warriors FGSN. And all of our fangirls went back live yesterday. So just wanted to let you guys know about that. And Steph, can you share with us a little bit kind of the top stories that have been going on for those of us who've been super focused on the NFL and have paid attention on the periphery. Um, obviously the Warriors are not quite the Warriors of the last several years. Uh, there's LeBron, there's Kawhi. There have been a number of stories though. So if you could just go over some of the few top storylines for those of us who have been a little remiss in our NBA fandom the last few months. Well, um, you know, the, I think one of the big things of the NBA, we're about halfway through the season now, is that the Lakers have come back with a vengeance. Um, they're playing very well. Of course, LeBron James is, like, heading that. And, you know, but they, you know, he has um, definitely a, you know, a great team. Um, um, they have everything kind of going, and they're definitely, they're top of the West. Warriors are on the bottom of the West. So um, that's something new. I think Warriors fans are now appreciating wins again because we used to complain even when they would win that we didn't like the way they went and won. And it's like, <laughs> it's kind of funny because, you know, we're, we're appreciating the wins again. So yeah, Warriors are in last place. They've only won 10 games of 45. Pretty brutal. So, um, you know, like now we're looking at the draft Anthony Davis is healthy again. So that with the Lakers, they're really going, you know, forward. The Bucks are looking really good. They're number one um, so far in their standings. Um, in the East, you know, you have the same. You have the Raptors, the 76ers are all in there. Um, but uh, I know the recent story was that fans were throwing debris at LeBron James' son, and it was – 
pretty brutal um, that they would do that. Um, Clippers, That's horrible. It's terrible. Um, it just, it's like, you might not like LeBron James. I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but, you know, I, I couldn't imagine throwing something at his, you know, child. And that mm-hmm. just bothered me a lot. So I thought that was a big story. Um, LeBron James recently commented on it and he, you know, it's, it's, he's not the superstar and just leave the kids alone. You know, it's yeah. like, that's just ridiculous. Was this um, at a game, was it a game that Bronny was playing in or was it at a uh, Laker game? Yeah, it was, um, it was basically, it was, um, yeah, it was at, um, I guess it was Sierra Canyon. Okay. Game. All right. So it was a game that so, Ronnie was playing in. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that's what, you know, and so, but it's just, it's just, you know, unnecessary and it was a little bit ridiculous. So it's a, it's a lot ridiculous. Uh, that is, <laughs> yeah. That is really just awful. I mean, and I think, you know, we have the Super Bowl coming up. There's a lot of exciting things. Be a fan, but don't be a jerk. You don't have to be a jerk to be a, a good fan. <laughs> you know, right. there's such a thing as cheering for your team and cheering for the people that you support and not acting like a fool. The others. But they're so, everywhere. They're really yeah. everywhere. It's just like, you know, even some of the 49ers comments, uh, uh, fans that, you know, I've seen here and there, it's just like, chill out, you know, it's, I don't know, it's like, it's fine to root for your team and love it and have a ton of passion. I mean, you and I understand that well, but right. you know, there's, there's gotta be some dignity in this, you know, it's like, you know, you don't lose your mind just because, you know, you're a fan. So I'm hoping that at least 49ers fans can come together and show a sense of, you know, decorum and, um, you know, just just a little bit more class, you know, than I, you know, that I've seen. So I'm, I'm hoping for that, but that's, that's kind of one of the big stories out there. Clippers are also um, grinding through the season. Um, They're coming to be like, really like one of the super teams. It looks like they're going to really show up. So what's interesting is the Miami Heat have come out of nowhere and uh, you know, it'll be interesting how it all plays out. Um, I can pretty much say I think the Warriors are out of it. So sure. it's been kind of boring for me. I'm like, oh, okay, they lost again. <laughs> oh, well. The Bay Area really, it seems that the Bay Area teams want to let one team shine at a time. Really, mm-hmm. like, give every give that team their due. So uh, right now it's the 49ers. The Warriors will be back. But now everyone can focus on the 49ers. And uh, hopefully for 49ers fans, they will have a Super Bowl victory to celebrate. And I know all of our Chiefs fans listeners feel differently and hope that they do not. And that is what makes it great. But going a little bit off on a tangent, back what you were saying, just kind of this idea of fandom, it's just, I think sometimes fans can forget that these people are also people. They're human beings. And so it may be LeBron James, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Patrick Mahomes, whoever it may be. They're still people. And they're human beings and they have feelings and so do their children. And of course they live in a very public life and they get paid handsomely as a result. And that that's part of what they do, but just try to remember their people too. And if someone came to your work and threw something at your child or threw something at you, you wouldn't like that either. So just remember that. So that is my, there's my PSA, a little tangent on fandom. 
Uh, so there's that. So like I said, we're going to do a bigger Super Bowl preview next week for you all. But I want to talk a little bit, Steph, what are your early thoughts? We're, pro- we're going to see the two of the three top tight ends in the league in this game, which I think is going to be really fun because they're both Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, as we talked about earlier about Kittle's blocking ability, but they're both really just fantastic athletes and fantastic tight ends. We're going to see maybe the best young quarterback in the league right now, certainly one of the top two or three. Uh, We're going to see an elite 49ers defense. We have all those weapons for Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs offense. So what are your early thoughts on what this game is going to look like? You know, I think Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to start there. I think he's unbelievable. I think he's going to throw some big punches, you know, early in the game. Um, before the 49ers added, you know, the the two edge rushers, you know, obviously Bosa and Ford and uh, Armstead. Probably, I mean, all of the, you know, that, that the four horsemen, let's just say that. <laughs> um, before that, I think it was going to be really tough to defeat Patrick Mahomes that way because, you know, he also is a threat to run. So I think it's not, I I just don't think the 49ers defense is just going to yield to him, but I do think he's going to have some big throws, some amazing catches, all all that. Um, But at the same time, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to show up. I mean, he leads the league in, um, I think, passing. I forgot the I should know this when I'm doing the podcast. I should have written it down, but like he in for next week. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll know for next week. But he he passed as well, and he's accurate. Now, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo has some really crazy off the wall throws, you know. But at the same time, it doesn't shake him. Like he can throw. You know, some other quarterbacks, you know, can have that, and then they just can't recover. It's like off his shoulders, and then and he punches it in the next throw. So that's what I say with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's getting better and better. There was a game um, that he did all – it was all Jimmy G. I think it was against – I actually think it was against Kansas City, and it was like all Jimmy G, and they still utilize the run and everything. But I just think it's a really complete offense, and – I, in my opinion, I think Kyle Shanahan was kind of um, saving some of his, you know, dynamic playmaking um, for the Super Bowl. He, why give it away if you don't have to? You know, it just run the ball. It was working. It ran. It worked really well against Green Bay, but it doesn't mean that they can't do anything else. So um, quarterbacks go. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, 49ers defense, I think, is second to none. And with them all being healthy, Kittle's back. I'm hoping to see more of Kittle. Um, Yes, you have Kelsey. You have weapons there, too. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, But I think think at the end, 49ers are going to come out with a win. But I'll, I'll have more about this next week, too. And I think, you know, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes has faced a pass rush like this 49ers pass rush yet. Uh, and so I think that's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, you're getting a really elite defense against a really elite offense. But as you said, the 49ers offense is nothing to scoff at. Uh, I, I do believe the 49ers, and I don't think I'm being biased here, but I do think the 49ers are probably the more complete team top to bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's the Patrick Mahomes factor, and he's you know he's a little bit like Russell Wilson in that way, that you just – 
it's an X factor that you just don't know how that's going to go. But I don't think he's faced a pass rush quite like this. So it will just be interesting to see how he responds. That is in no way a criticism of Mahomes. He's incredible, and I expect him to have an incredible Super Bowl. It will just be interesting to see how he responds uh, with with the likes of Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead and D Ford running at him. So we'll see how right. that goes. <laughs> you, you have a very healthy 49ers team. I know that uh, Jaquaski Tard irritated his ribs the other day in the game, but it does not sound like it should be anything that keeps him out of the Super Bowl, and it's good they don't have a game this weekend. So uh, that is very good. Yeah, next week we'll certainly go with a more complete uh, Super Bowl preview, but it's going to be very exciting. There's going to be a lot of red in that stadium, so it'll be hard to tell who there are more fans of because you got the red and gold versus the red and yellow in this one, but it's going to be a great, great game, and I think football fans will enjoy it, especially after last year's Super Bowl, which was such a defensive matchup, know, which is yeah. cool to see, but, and I think, I, I think this will be high scoring, but maybe not not crazy high scoring just because I do think that 49ers defense is so good, but it'll certainly be a more offensive game. You have Kyle Shanahan, who you talked about. I mean, he is a genius play caller, and you know that he's got some dynamic plays and, and fun things cooked up for the Super Bowl, so that will be fun to watch. Um, and that brings us to Fangirl Says, who's hot, who's not? And I am going to start us off this week because there is something that I'm seething about, and I haven't talked too much about it. I've had some tweets here and there. But I must talk about it now because we have a podcast and that's the great thing about having <laughs> You can talk about whatever you want. So Vangirl says who's hot, who's not. I'm going to start with my who's not, and that is Alex Cora and the Houston Astros. I'm not going to lump the Boston Red Sox in there just yet just because the investigation isn't done. However, I might lump them in there a little bit. But as a Dodgers fan, as a baseball fan, as, and as a sports fan, this this cheating scandal, I don't even know if, I guess scandal is the right word, but I almost think it's worse than that, is just, it just makes me so mad and it makes me so upset because the point of sports is it is a game and everybody, there's more talent on one side, there's better coaching on one side, there's better maneuvering on one side, but there shouldn't be cheating. And the Astros 100% cheated their way do a World Series win in 2017, and of course, as a Dodgers fan, I'm the most mad about it, but I think, like I said, as a sports fan and a baseball fan, it's, it's so bad for the sport, and it's so bad for sports, because this win-at-all-cost mentality is very upsetting. It doesn't shock me with the Astros organization, because I think we've seen some other shady behaviors from them over the last you know, several months, um, but this is kind of next level, but it's certainly makes me very disappointed in Alex Cora um, and kind of sad because he had such a future in the sport and such a talented guy and they, they cheated. They all cheated and they all knew. And it's just, I find that very upsetting. I am of the camp that thinks that the trophy should be vacated. I don't think it should be given to the Dodgers, obviously, but I think the trophy should be vacated um, I would like to know where I can get my Los Angeles Dodgers back-to-back World Series champions 2017-2018 t-shirt. <laughs> if anybody knows where I can find that online, please let me know. Um, but, you know, it's the implications of it. It wasn't just stealing the World Series, but the implications of it, you know, with Clayton Kershaw, who didn't pitch a bad game one in that series, but has always had this kind of thing that's haunted him about not being a good yeah. postseason pitcher. And 
you know, then it, it went to that narrative and that I think mentally, you know, messes with the guy. Um, and especially since he didn't pitch such a bad game one and for Dave Roberts, I mean, you Darvish got like run out of the city and it's very unfortunate. Granted, you Darvish did get shelled in game seven, which was in Los Angeles, but there probably wouldn't have been a game seven had they not cheated. Uh, it's just, it's very unfortunate. And I think it, it's sad for baseball. And I think, um, I think fans of other teams, maybe even Giants fans can say it's just, it's bad for baseball. And it's just really unfortunate. I just find the whole thing very distasteful. I agree with you. I'm just going to jump into your fangirl here, Um, which is also my, it's also my fangirl says is not because even as a Giants fan and I hate the Dodgers, like with emphasis, (laughs) that's just how I am. But I felt, horrible like you know I don't like the Dodgers obviously but that's just that's just crap you know that to see it like go down like that you know and I apologize to Clayton Kershaw and everything I said to him because <laughs> I was one of those fans and I was like oh well he can't do it and um I I just feel bad for the guy and horrible because um and, and I and I think the Astros are are like the bottom of the barrel right now as far as I'm concerned because there's just no place for that and it's just it's shady because so many people knew about it and covered it up it's like you wouldn't think that like if it's just one or two people you know what I mean it, but it's like a no, whole they all, organization they all knew. yeah they all knew it's like really... where's your moral compass you know to say um hey you know and I know that there's a certain amount of like they and everybody starts looking at signs I mean every right. team does it but not to that degree not to that you know and you're you're I feel like the championships don't really mean anything I mean I know everybody talked about Barry Bonds and all that but he did still hit those balls you know he didn't you know what I mean and I'm thinking well you know they people were talking about asterisks there and I'm like, this was just straight up cheating. Like, this wasn't even like, you know, uh, it just, it's it's not fair. And I, I feel for a lot of Dodgers fans and I feel for, you know, anybody that really played them. It's just completely, uh, it's, it takes away what sports is supposed to be about. It's supposed to bring people together. It's supposed to, you know, have us go somewhere when, we want to, you know, kind of escape our reality and be part of something bigger. And I, and I just, I have no respect for it. I could not agree with you more. And I think it was Alex Wood, who's a Dodgers pitcher, said he'd rather pitch to a guy on steroids than pitch to someone who know what, knew which pitch was coming. Uh, and right. I think kind of summed it up 100%. So we share our who's not – uh, my fangirl says who's hot, and I'm going to go ahead and go with something we talked about earlier. I'm giving that to Jed York. I think Ooh. I'm giving <laughs> Jed York our fangirl says who's hot. I just really do believe good for him for being able to say I did something, I did it wrong in the past, and I'm going to do it different. And he brought in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who are absolutely incredible. Um, and so they can share in the who's hot, but – you know what, they would not be there had Jen York not had the foresight and the ability to what can I do to make that happen? So he gets my who's hot. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, I, I had similar uh, feelings, but I'm going to give mine to Raheem Mostert because. Oh, yeah. 
it's, it was just incredible to me that he's been on what, like six teams and he's seven. This is a seven. seven okay. Seven teams. Um, and he's struggled and he's not, you know, done anything and to set the record of, you know, yards, you know, on the ground in a playoff game. And, um, I'm just so proud of him. I mean, I think that's what the dream is about. You know, that's what football is about. And it's, and that's one of the things I think the 49ers is about. Like, nobody's got to be the superstar. They're totally content with giving it to Raheem Mostert. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody has the big enough ego where, no, it's, I'm going to win this game. You know, you have, you know, Kittle, you know, blocking for him. And it's really a team effort, but it just, I, I got to give it to him. I'm super proud of him. I loved his game and he was a powerhouse and I loved every minute of it. So yeah, he gets my who's hot. Fantastic. Well, guys, that's what we have for today. Uh, and I could not agree with you more on Raheem Mostert. It was really incredible. Uh, that's what we have for you today. Next week, we will be doing our Super Bowl preview. I'll be coming to you for Miami, so that'll be very fun. It'll be super fun for the Super Bowl. Uh, and that is what we have today. Steph, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you. This was a fun podcast. <laughs> it was. It was a lot of fun. I had fun, too. Um, I look forward to talking to you next week, and you guys will talk to you later. Bye, all.